Gracious God, we enter into your holy presence, leaving so much of the world behind and yet taking so much with us. We ask that meditations of our hearts and minds and the words of my mouth might be acceptable in your sight. For you are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. So I have this friend named Karen, and uh, she grew up in a missionary family. In fact, uh, most of her growing up years, they were in Costa Rica. And uh, she had a rich, wonderful life in Costa Rica. And when she returned back to the States as a young woman, she went to seminary. And there she married a man who also went into ministry, not in the mission field, but in a small denomination. For many of their married years, he served small churches, and uh, the struggle was real in some of these small churches, the struggle to even pay them sometimes. And so as she raised her family, she found herself up against that. When I met Karen, her husband had gotten to a point in his health that he could no longer be a pastor. And so he had retired, and she was uh, asked to return to the workforce so that they might pay their bills. And so she joined Corporate America as a trainer, and that's when I met Karen. I asked Karen one day what she missed the most about being a pastor's wife and being in full-time ministry after she talked about their struggles. She said, you know, I miss the blessing of totally trusting in God. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, you know, I have a job now. I can count on a paycheck regularly. I can count on it to cover the basics of our needs. But when we were in ministry, that wasn't always the case. And she recalled for me a time when she knew that there was nothing left to eat, literally nothing left but maybe some condiments in the refrigerator. And so she wondered how she was going to feed her children that night. And when she got home, there on the porch was two sacks of groceries. She said those blessings happened often when they totally trusted in the Lord. She said she had a new understanding for give us this day our daily bread. We're starting our 2021 a series called Grounded in Prayer. This is a... a uh, year-long focus in prayer that we will be led through with our children's ministry who will offer us many experiences throughout the year. And so we're starting by looking at the prayer that Jesus modeled for us, the Lord's Prayer. The last two weeks we've taken a look at the first couple of lines of the Lord's Prayer where we meet an awesome God, kind of a lofty, Hallowed be thy name, a hallowed God, a God who is worthy of our praise. And then we meet this God whose kingdom is not necessarily a place, but a condition of our hearts and souls, a God whose will it is for goodness and wholeness, mercy and justice, peace and humility. The kind of stuff that uh, seminary students struggle with and dissertations to write about, this deep theological understanding of who God is and how God touches us every single day in our lives. The very nature of God. After we recognize who God is and that God is God and we're not, and we approach our prayer life with a sense of holy humility 
Jesus does the most unexpected thing in this prayer. He turns to our human needs. Everyday, real human needs. And he says that we don't have to approach God from this cosmic con uh, concepts of who God is. Instead, God is accessible. The same God who Jesus calls Father or Abba, the one who we can trust and treasure, is the one who cares about our basic needs and necessities. So he says, pray it this way. Give us this day our daily bread. And we remember how the Israelites had to pray this prayer, not with those words, but how in the time uh, in the wilderness they were hungry, they were grumbling, they told Moses, gee, at least back in, in Egypt we had something to eat every day, never mind that it was substandard. And so God provided. God provided manna, manna in the wilderness. This, this line, give us this day our daily bread, has a sense of immediacy, like God's provision of manna. It is for now. What we need today. What we need today in our life, whether it's physical lives or our spiritual lives. When I was in Cuba back in 2013, uh, it was interesting to me, our host, who were the uh, Cuban people, would lead us in prayer around our mealtime. And I found it interesting that every time we gathered to pray, they always prayed at the end of the meal, give us the next meal. So if we were at breakfast, they would always say, oh God, provide us lunch today. Oh God, provide us dinner today. Oh, God, provide us breakfast tomorrow morning. For them, their dependence, they explained, was that towards the end of the month, a lot of times things ran out. In their economy, uh, they are provided some certain goods like rice and beans, but uh, they only provided those once a month. And their pay doesn't always cover every one of their needs. And so often... They went without. And so it became a very real understand. This nourishment of the body became very real for them. But what I want us to take a look at is, is a different kind of God's provision. The kind that leads us to a spiritual understanding. Uh, Jesus takes a breath after he gives us this prayer in Luke's story. And he gives us this parable about asking for bread and God's provision. And this is a good way for us to unpack what it is that, that Jesus understands is this provision that God provides. It's found in Luke, the 11th chapter. It picks up with verse 5 and goes through 13. Listen now for Jesus' words as told by the evangelist Luke. And Jesus said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. 
I cannot give, get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. If there is anyone among you who, if a child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish, or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion, if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So who goes to their neighbor's house at midnight to say, I need some groceries because I have new guests that just arrived? I find that a really odd kind of, even in the first century, I can't even imagine that that might happen. But Jesus uses this example. And who can blame the individual on the other side of the door that says, hey, go away. Talk to me in the morning. I've already bedded down for the night. You surely don't need anything in the middle of the night. And then we get this funny little thing about persistence. So in the NSRV, that kind of leads us to, to the understanding that perhaps the the individual knocks and knocks and knocks and doesn't give up until finally the one behind the door says, okay, okay, I'll give you what you need. But sometimes I think we miss the point in that translation. Because if we look at the Greek, it really means that word is not persistence, but it's shamelessness. In fact, the NIV says it this way, because of your shameless audacity. Now, that almost seems like, oh my gosh, shameless audacity. It's not something we treat, uh, teach our children. But it is like the time when we ask for something as if we expect that it will be given to us. There's no shame in asking. Will you pass the butter, please? There's every expectation that the butter will come my way. This is what Jesus is talking about. When we ask the Lord, there is every expectation that it will be given to us when we say, give us this day our daily bread. We ask without reservation, and the expectation is that we will be given. Now, another reason that I think it's not about persistence is that Jesus goes on to say, ask and it will be given. There's a sense of immediacy there. Right? It's not like ask and ask and ask and ask and it will be given. There's a sense of immediacy there. And the, what we are given will be sufficient. Ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. However we lay out our basic and necessity needs before the Lord, we do so with the confidence that that request will be successful. Now let me be clear, I do not think that God's plan and my plan for what I need are always the same. I remember in my 20s I was in a job that was, um, was a struggle for me, it was probably a job that I was not ready for. And every day I prayed that God would help me in that job. 
that God would make things better, that I wouldn't struggle so much, that the stress would go away, that, that people would get in line and help me out. And then in a strange little turn of events that I wasn't expecting, changes were made and I found myself without a job. Now that's not exactly what I had in mind, I told God. That's not exactly what I had in mind. But what I realized was that God was at work, not in removing my job, but in opening doors. A door suddenly opened for a, a anonymous benefactor to provide me with scholarship funds so that I might complete my college education. A door was finally opened that I had the time to go to college. A door was finally opened that in my life I faced less stress and my family was healthier, and I was healthier. I don't want to preach to you about a, a kind of a prosperity-type gospel that says that anything you ask for, or if you ask to go to college, God is going to send you to college. I don't think God works that way. But what I do know is that God works for the goodness and our wholeness and the well-being. And what it requires of us is a what... Um, Alice McKenzie, Dr. Alice McKenzie says, is a knack for noticing. It took me a long time to realize that God's provision was at work, even in that situation that I found to be uncomfortable so long ago. But when you develop that knack for noticing, you begin to realize that God truly is all about our wholeness and our goodness. Paul in Romans says it this way, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God. Now I know that there are people who love God. I know that there are people who deal with ugly circumstances in their lives. And I know that they feel that their prayers go unanswered. And I believe that we struggle sometimes in our prayers when we ask for what we need. But I love the way that Jesus invites the listeners to trust in the goodness of God. He does it with these really absurd kind of analogies. Who among us would give our children a snake when they ask for fish, right? That seems logical. And if we who are imperfect parents desire good gifts for our children, then we know that God's goodness is for us. At the end of this, Jesus teaches that God's good gift is the giving of the divine self in the Holy Spirit. Matthew calls it just simply goodness, but Luke calls, says that Jesus says God gives us the Holy Spirit. In this simple prayer that we pray, God is ask, Jesus is asking us to dig into a deeper relationship with God. With holy humility, we encounter the heart of God. When we go to God, spiritually wrestling with unanswered prayers, what we discover often is the mystery of God's presence in our greatest times of need. And we trust in God's providence. And with time, we will also develop a knack for noticing where God gives this sense of goodness in our lives. 
In the Gospel of John, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Jesus is our spiritual food and sustenance for the journey, for our Christian life. And we can develop that love and that, that desire for that bread of life by doing what John Wesley calls works of piety, or means practicing the means of grace, or in the three simple rules, it's literally staying in love with God. These are things that help us to understand and live into the basics and the necessities that God provides in our lives. We do them through prayer. Prayer all by ourselves and prayer in community. We do them by participating in the sacraments, Holy Communion and in uh, remembering our baptism every single time we baptize an infant or someone who professes their faith as an adult. We do it through attending worship, offering our praises to God in community, by searching the scriptures on our own, and then by studying the scriptures with a group. So here's your homework this week. I promised you that we'd have homework every single week, and so here's your homework. Continue to pray the Lord's Prayer every single morning. Pause and think about, give me this day my daily bread. And then I want to ask you to find a time of devotion, a time to search the scriptures, to lean into something that God might be saying to you through them. I invite you to find the upper room. We provide these. They're just outside in the narthex. Every single day there is a scripture and a story that helps us have this time of devotion. If you don't like a book and you would rather have it come to your email, you can go to upperroom.org and they, then you can sign up for a daily email. Or you can download their app. I use an app called Ritual. Ritual. It's a daily meditation tool in which someone guides me through the meditation with words that are from the scriptures and words that are from God's deep traditional theology in our world. And then I ask you to begin to look and to listen. Listen to how God is providing in your life. Develop a knack for noticing. Friends, let us together now say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.